0: Assalamu alaikum and welcome to yet another program of Chazak's Torah Talks, our Tuesday night program with special guests tonight. We have with us a very dear friend of ours, Rabbi Ashi Schreier. Rabbi, welcome. How are you doing?
1: I am great. It's such an honor to be here with Rabbi Yaniv. What an honor. Really keep up the amazing things. It's it's just a privilege to be here with you tonight.
0: My privilege is all ours, Rabbi Ashi Schreier. Is a mover and a shaker from our Queens community. Baruch Hashem, uh, we got to know each other since he came into the community. The rabbi of the age of Forest Hills, and tonight the rabbis and we were going to be discussing. Don't let your struggles define you. Should be important. a very interesting topic tonight. But we, before we delve into tonight's exciting topic, Rabbi Shari, why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself and the great work you're involved with?
1: Sure. Uh, again, really, just uh, just a privilege to be here. Just such a such an amazing. Just opportunity to be here with the Chazak crew and just seeing all that you guys do. It should be continued success for all of you and really for all of us since we're all here working towards the same goal. So I'm currently the rabbi on the Young Forest Hills where we have a wonderful, diverse crew within our shul and uh, just a whole a beautiful, a beautiful mix of just all different types of people. And we try to connect to everybody. And that's really the goal. And I think that's what Chazak tries to do as well. And, you know, we try to be as warm and welcoming as we can give over real Torah, inspiring Torah to show that we have to live our lives by looking through the prism of Torah. We talk all the time about current events and halacha and Jewish thought and things along those lines, because our goal is to put on those glasses as we look through what's happening in the world, which is just crazy. We continue to look through things through the prism of halacha and through the prism of Torah because the Torah is not some outdated book that we just mention and talk about for whatever reason. Torah is something that we're supposed to be interacting with every single second of every single day. So our goal is to go and bring the Torah into our lives. So I work in the young Israel Forest Hills, trying to bring that into reality and it's not always so easy and I got to give myself chizik a lot. I try to give a lot of chizik but mostly to myself and then hopefully we're able to build from there. I also work in home care, home health care. I'm a I work in caring professionals, caring professionals. Yeah. Caring professionals. I know Chazak is a, and caring professionals are friends. So I've been there for about, about six years now also, and uh, it's a big opportunity. I get to help people on on that front and in the rabbi front. So it's uh, Bar Hashem. It's been it's been quite an experience here in Queens. I still remember our first uh, interaction. It was some uh, some big event, and you're like, oh, I'll just go speak for a minute. You didn't say, go introduce for a minute. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. You're like, Nachshon Ben adam <laughs> You got to jump in. <laughs> Trying
0: to jump in. in. <laughs> I remember, I remember very well. It was actually uh, Charlie Harari in your shul. And uh I told you you got to do some opening remarks, and you were really shy. I'm like, Rabbi, you gotta jump in. And Bachshem, uh, we've seen the rabbi jump in. I could attest to the great work that the rabbi does as young as a farce. So he has the main shul meaning, he has a young marriage meaning, and the best minion, uh, okay, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, my my family has a minion the sephardic minion running downstairs in the barroom office. Everyone's sure. together. Everyone's happy. And uh, the Rabbi does a great job putting it all together. And uh, the physical inspiration is always great. So we're really excited for you to be on the program, Rabbi.
1: It's it's just, great. it's an honor. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Can't wait. Let's delve in.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So so tonight's topic, as we said, is don't let your struggles define you. Uh, we know that a righteous person falls down seven times and gets up. the Now, just past, uh, we just uh, passed the secular new year where a majority of the country tries to take upon themselves commitments to become better, to lose weight, to, you know, be a better spouse and all that good stuff. Right. But uh, Rabbi, how do we uh, not let our previous mistakes hold us down? You know, many people, unfortunately they they fall. And uh, what, what, what do you suggest?
1: I think it's such a great question. And there's so many layers to the question. You know, I think when it comes to new year's resolutions, a whole separate topic, maybe for another Tuesday Torah talk we can have (laughs) about taking small things, realistic goals, actual tangible goals, not just saying I'm going to eat better or be better because what does that even mean? And then when people take those types of goals, everyone ends up doing nothing because you didn't actually say anything. So we can talk about that another time, but I guess more specifically towards the struggles, not letting our past struggles stop us. We hear so much about consistency. know, one of the great divrator, probably the ultimate pinnacle of a story of a dramatic story when it comes to the entire Torah is Yosef's revelation to his brothers. Yosef It's me, Yosef, after all these years and all these parsios of this whole story of sending back Binyamin and back and forth and this whole story, Yosef reveals himself when he says, Yosef there's a classic where he asks, I don't understand what Yosef is saying. Was Yosef not listening to the entire story that Yehuda just poured his heart out telling us his dad is not going to survive and his dad can't handle this? Now he's saying, I'm Yosef, his dad's still alive. Was he not just listening to the whole story? Doesn't make any sense. So the Beis Alevi explains, no, no, no. Yosef was really giving them the greatest muster possible. And this explains all the Midrashim say, all of the Chazal, all of the rabbis talk about how when Yosef revealed himself to the brothers, he was really giving them the greatest muster, the greatest rebuke that anyone can ever give. Because what Yosef was saying is, I am Yosef, it's me this whole time. I'm the viceroy in Egypt. I'm the viceroy in Mitzrayim. Is dad still alive? What was Yosef really saying? Says the Beis HaLevi, what Yosef was really saying was, you're giving me this whole impassioned plea, this whole speech about how dad's not going to be able to lose another one of his children in Binyamin. It's not going to work. How's he going to survive? Now, all of a sudden, you care about dad? You care about dad's feelings? 22 years ago when you sold me, he didn't care too much. Hmm, that's a bit strange. And the message the Beis HaLevi is trying to bring out is such an important one you know so often we say i don't have the time to to learn this or to do this i'm not smart enough i'm not wealthy enough i'm not this i'm not that so god's going to come back after 120 really you're not smart enough to learn a little bit uh, aren't you the guy who started that business aren't you the guy who worked that job aren't you the guy who got that degree or that degree and you're not smart enough to go and try it? i think you are i think i think you are and and the message that this brings out is the consistency that the ultimate rebuke that we can get is a contradiction within our own lives. When we say we don't have enough time to go and hang out with our families and our kids, yet we haven't missed a football game on a Sunday in 10 years, which New York football, <laughs> really, if you're watching New York football, you got no excuse. But otherwise, anyway, but this idea of consistency, how it's so important to make sure that we're consistent, I think this idea is, is very dangerous. It's important, and we do have to keep it in the forefronts of our minds and our goal. An ideal is to be toho kiboru, to be as consistent as possible, but I think it's an ideal. I think it's something that we strive for, but we can never let the fact that we're not there yet stop us from doing other things. So often, one of the greatest traps we fall into, and I think this is really touching on your question, is that we have past failures stop us from accomplishing great things. It's a new year. I want to start going to Minion. Really, me go to Minion, but I'm the same person who last night was doing X, Y, and Z. I I can't be the one who goes to Minion. That's ridiculous. But this is such a trap of the Yitzhar. This is what the HR is trying to get us on. And the truth is that this is actually a conversation and a debate that goes back to Yaakov and Yosef. You know, that kid who's being favored in class, right? There's a kid who the teacher's, the teacher's pet, or even if he's not trying to, or she's not trying to be, but you have that kid who's being favored in class. And oftentimes the biggest victim when someone's being favored by a teacher in class is that kid itself, because the rest of the kids are so mad at that kid. And it's a very difficult thing. So Yaakov favors Yosef right? He gives the the coat to Yosef. He gives all of the favor to Yosef. And the brothers are really jealous. And this causes the entire story. The 22 years Yosef being sold down to Egypt and all of the troubles that come after that is all because Yaakov showed inappropriate favor. He favored one child over the other. He favored Yosef over everyone else. Now, fast forward a lot of years and Yaakov's on his deathbed. And now Yosef is bringing his children, Manasha and Ephraim, he's bringing his two children to him to get a bracha from Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov seems to make the same mistake again. Yosef brings Menasheh on the right, Ephraim on the left, because the right is the oldest, the more Akashov. And Yaakov switches the hands. And you can imagine what Yosef's feeling was, because the Torah even tells us, Yosef jumps up and he says, Dad, what are you doing? We just went through this. Don't you know what just happened the last 30 plus years? This is all because you showed this inappropriate favoring. This is the same exact thing. What are you doing? And Yaakov says, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. What's this Malchalopis about? What are they arguing about? So some want to explain that Menashe and Ephraim represent two different types of children. Look at their names. When we see someone's name, we can understand their essence. Menashe is named Menashe. The Pusik says, because I want to forget. I want to forget everything that happened with my father's house. I want to forget all the bad things that happened to me in my life. It's, it's a... Focus on negativity. And Ephraim is named after all of the amazing things that happened to him in the, in, in the triumph. It's based on positivity. So Yosef comes and Yosef says, listen, there are two ways to attain greatness. There are two ways to become great. One is sur mirah, staying away from bad. And the other one is asetov, do good. So Yosef comes to Yaakov and he says, the first thing we have to do is stay away from bad. In order to get to greatness, get rid of all of the bad things in your life. Get rid of all of the temptations, all of the challenges. And then I tov, then you'll start to do good. So Menashe, then Ephraim comes Yaakov and he says, no, no, I grew up with an ace of, I grew up with a love I grew up with wicked people. You know what wicked people do? Wicked people wait for that perfect moment to start acting good. They wait for the perfect Sur Meirah when everything is gone, when time is perfect, when I've perfected getting rid of all of the challenges in my life then I'll start doing good things. But guess what? That time doesn't come because challenges exist. We have to become great and attain greatness through asetov, through doing great things. We can't let our past struggles stop us. We have to, okay, it happened. We move forward. We can't dwell on the past. It's just going to cripple our future. This is exactly what the wants us to be doing. So it's a tremendous trap and a tremendous opportunity if we can recognize it for what it is.
0: Amazing, Rabbi Schreier, wow, love it. I favorite. get too
1: excited, I get too excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, Rabbi Shrier, we're taught and we all know that Agra, no pain, no gain, according to the efforts is the reward, right? Can you please, Rabbi, delve into the importance of effort in terms of our spiritual growth?
1: Of course, yeah, I want to just preface all of these things and especially the first one. I think these are things I struggle with too, you know, uh, I know you've had some incredible guests on this uh, slot and interacted with incredible rabbanim. You know, I, I struggle with a lot of these things, too. And I, it gives me chizik to talk about them, which is why I get so excited. So these are just suggestions that have talked to me. And in no way am I saying that these are the only suggestions or these are absolute truths. This is just my, my, my opinion, my, my feelings. So no one should take it in any other way. But I think it's a great question in terms of the effort. You know, we have the Chavetz Chaim teaches us when we make a siyam, when we make a siyam, we say, we work hard and they work hard, referring to the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people that we put in toil and they put in toil. We work hard and we get reward. And they work hard and they don't get reward. So ask the Chavitz Chaim. I don't understand. We work hard and we get reward. Okay, I can understand, but they work hard and they don't get reward. Jeff Bezos doesn't have reward. Elon Musk doesn't. Have, eh. What does that mean? These guys don't have, they're, they're doing all right for themselves. What does it mean there's no reward? Says the Chavitz Chaim without the specific people examples that I gave. Says the Chavitz Chaim, no, just the effort itself we are rewarded for. When it comes to you spend five hours on one page of Gemara, I only accomplished one page. No, absolutely not. You did five hours. That um that effort, that makes a huge impact on a person. That's what God's looking for. Someone can learn that same page in five seconds. They're not going to get nearly the amount of reward that you got. It's all about the effort, as opposed to you have a lawyer who works hundreds and hundreds of hours on a case, but he loses the case if he's getting paid based on winning the case, whatever it is. Uh, you get nothing. And, and, and what do you have now? You have nothing left. It's all about the effort. We're so lucky that every single second of effort that we put in counts towards eternity. We have the opportunity to tap into that every single second. Rav Huttner points out that constantly throughout the Yom Ibn Naraim on Rosh Hashanah, from Kippur, we're going right back to the Akedah. We're always referencing the Akedah when Avraham was going to slaughter his son Yitzhak. And then the Malach ended up saying, no, don't do it. This is when Avram proved his loyalty. And this is what we're trying to tap into as we beg Hashem for his mercy for the year ahead. Says of nothing even happened. He didn't end up shafting his son. Why are we constantly referencing back to this? And the answer is, it's because it's about the effort. He went through that struggle to get up to that mountain, to, to get up to the point where he was about to do it. You're rewarded even for that, even if he didn't go through with the actual action. We put in our effort, doesn't mean we're not going to slip, doesn't mean we're not going to fall. We do our best, but the effort matters so much. And it's a tremendous bracha that we have. It's a major blessing that we have, that even if we don't reach that goal of whatever the goal is, we're still getting reward for every single second. You think about how many seconds there are in a day. Get every single second is an opportunity. What an incredible opportunity it is that we have.
0: Unbelievable. You know, we had a Torah talk with one of my Rabbi Finkelman. It was about Chinuch, about parenting. He was saying how when he gets the report cards from his kids, he focuses only on one area, which is what? The effort. How do we oh. do the effort? If they put the effort, everything else is, you know, they, they, they try, but as long as they put the effort... Oh. And, uh, you know, just recently I got the, my kids' report cards and I'm like, no, where's the effort? Let me. <laughs> and they put the effort and they tried, and the rest is, you know, what can we do? It's anyway, interesting.
1: There's a lot of studies about that as well in terms of the effort thing. Because if you just tell your kid, let's just say, and again, I'm no expert at this at all, but if there's studies say that if you just tell your kid that you're so smart, you're so smart, you're so smart, they're not going to want to try new things because there's a risk that. If they're not great at it, then they're not going to be that smart thing anymore. If they're defined by smart, then they're never going to want to try anything new because I don't want to lose my title as being smart. But if you just reward the effort and say, oh, I love how much effort you put in, how hard you tried, then they're going to say, oh, you know, what? we'll try
0: new things. We'll try new things. Very interesting, interesting. idea. Very interesting idea. Wow. Never thought about it that way. Very nice. Rabbi Shari. I like it. I like it. So, so Rabbi Shari, let me ask you, in your opinion, uh, what, what do you think is the biggest struggle that people fall into? a good question
1: uh there's a lot you know i think practically just with our access and again i can talk for myself just with the access to what we have you know when you, someone walks into i think they say that when we go into the city or look on our phones and ads and this stuff we we see more things than people in the 40s used to see in like a month and <laughs> we there's a lot of access to a lot of things which is very difficult and obviously you know shmir say naim and all these things is very very challenging things. but i, I think going with our theme i guess you know, I think one of the main challenges is is not defining ourselves by sin. That oftentimes, if we're struggling with certain things, then we feel like we said it initially, like what we started with. That you know, I'm too far gone. I've messed up too far. God can't possibly forgive me or like me after I've done what I've done. Why bother trying? Why bother continuing to push? And, and I think it's the biggest trap that people fall into because it's just it's so easy to say, you know what, it's too late. You know, we're we're in these partios of Moshe Rabbeinu and it's yes, and whatever it is. And we just read all of these things. One thing which comes out from Moshe Rabbeinu, you look at Moshe Rabbeinu, the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu is it's never too late. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu from zero to 80. I guess let's talk in sports for a second. If he was getting submitted for the hall of fame, I know in sports, there's the hall of fame discussion right now. So if he was being submitted for the hall of fame from ages zero to 80, he's a pretty good guy. You know, he saved those women who were being bullied by the well. He killed the mitzvah. He cared about others. He was fine. Maybe he would have gotten in. But from 80 to 120, he became the greatest of all time. He went from being average, good, to being the greatest. This is at age 80. Okay. Moshe Rabbeinu himself writes, shino seino bahem shivim Shana," that the average lifespan was 70. The imbigvuros, if you're really strong, shmonimshanah, then you would live till 80. Moshe was at this 80-year-old stage. He could have looked up to God, said, God, Golf time. I got big tea <laughs> time. I'm good. But no, Moshe, Moshe turned it all around at age 80. Rabbi Akiva turned it around at age 40. We think that because someone's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, it's too late. Thank God people are living long now. And we have a tremendous opportunity every single second. We shouldn't think, oh, the last 10, 15, 20 years have been not what I would have expected. So let's start right now. It's tremendous fall that Ooh. we fall, a tremendous trap we fall into.
0: It's amazing Rabbi try. You know, just the other day, I got a call from one of, uh, one of our misspellings, one of one of one of someone I know very well, and he was saying, Oh, it's over. I'm like, Wait, it's over. Oh, I did this and this. And I'm like, listen, Habibi, my friend, I told him, If it's over, God would have, uh, you know, you're still alive, right? Close match exactly. at like it, again. As long as you're still alive, that means you can still fix yourself up. I told him. And he told me that was such a big physics, such a big inspiration. He thought it was over. I'm like, if it's over, then you, why are you still alive? <laughs>
1: Amazing. No, seriously. Okay. What you say? We say every single morning, We say "Rabba emuna That the fact that Hashem gave us another day of life means that He has emuna. We still have what to do? Okay. Exactly okay. Right. That's right. Exactly right.
0: Way to That's save it. it's always a pleasure to hear you. You know, whenever I'm in the neighborhood once in a while, I always. I got a couple more. Yeah, I know. I wish I could. <laughs> but uh, enjoyed every minute, every gem of those amazing, inspiring words. But before we let you go, Rabbi Schreier, if you could leave us with one final inspiring message for our broad audience, uh, whether it's related to the topic that we spoke about tonight, whether it's not a, a good takeaway for our, for our crowd.
1: I'll give you a good takeaway. I think this is a great takeaway. You know, one of the more fascinating characters in our entire history is a man known by the name of Elisha ben Avuya. He's also known as Acher. Why? Because this was a great time. He was a great teacher of Torah who saw some unfortunate things, was facing certain life, difficult questions in life, and he decided to drop it all and become Acher and become other, he was known as, because he just strayed so far from the path of Judaism. And one time, his Talmud, Rabbi Mayer, his student Rabbi Mayer, who was still learning with him, even after all this occurred, he was still learning from him. And he was traveling with him one day on a Shabbos and his Rebbe was going on a horse. How he was able to learn from him, okay, different topic for a different time. But he's learning from him and he says, okay, uh, his Rebbe, Elisheh Benavuya says to Mayor, you have to turn around now. You've reached how far you're allowed to walk on Shabbos. You need to turn yourself around. So Rebbe Meir says back, you could also turn yourself around. And he wasn't talking just physically. He meant spiritually, you can turn yourself around as well. So Elisha Benavuya says back, says the and Chagiga ben Benavuya says back, look, stop it already. You know, I wish I could come back, but I can't because I overheard a baskel. I heard a heavenly voice which said, Shuvu vanim shuvvim chutz me Alicia Benavuya. I heard that everyone can do tshuva. Chuva is always on the table, except for me, except for Alicia Benavuya. Who comes to the Yerushalmi and quotes the story, the Jerusalem Talmud quotes the story a little bit differently. Says the Yerushalmi, the same story, turn around, or no, you turn around. Elisha B'Navuya says back, I overheard a heavenly voice which said that everyone can do tshuva except for acher. There's a difference. In the Bavli, it says everyone can do tshuva except for Elisha Benavuya. In Yerushalmi, it says that everyone can do tshuva except for acher. What's the difference? So Rav Salvechik explained beautifully, and Rav Salvechik explained there's no stira. There's no contradiction. One is what was said, and the other is what was heard. What was said, what the Baskel really said was that everyone can do tshuva except for acher. Get rid of this acher part of you. Get rid of this rebellious part of you. Stop that. And you can, of course, come back. Elisha, we'd love to have Elisha back. But what he heard in his mind was everyone can do tshuva except for Elisha. Because he defined himself. Acher, Elisha were the same thing to him. He defined himself by the sin. And that held him back from being the great teacher of Torah that he could have been. We can't let this in define us. We have to be able to move forward. Doesn't mean to justify what we've done or to say that we can continue. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying that things happen, people slip, people fall. We are not malachim. We're specifically not malachim because we're able to continue growing. But we can't let our past failures stop us. We have to be able to move forward. We have to be able to accomplish Mirzhem onto bigger and better things.
0: Rabbi Ashishai, what a powerful final message. What a powerful Torah talk. Amazing, amazing inspiration. Always a pleasure to see you and hear from you. Uh, we want to thank our dear sponsors for this amazing program dailygiving.org, an amazing, unbelievable organization started by our dear friend, Dr. Jonathan Donath. Um, basically, a dollar a day goes a very far way, about 40 or 50 different organizations. Unbelievable. Check it out. It's unbelievable. And uh, they're, they're, they're just amazing, constantly growing. And to be encouraged, I want to check them out and to be part of it. Uh, we want to dedicate also tonight's uh, event, Loving Memory of Aharon Ben Aster, Rachel Shem Loving Is Neshama and Aliyah. Uh, anyone interested in dedicating future programs, please reach out to Chazak. Uh, reach out to our dear friend Rabbi at Chazak, Rabbi at CHAZAQ.org. Reach out to us about future guests. If you have a rabbi from your community, a, a guest speaker, lecturer that you would love to see interviewed, on Chazak's Torah Talks, Tuesday's Torah Talks. Please uh, reach out to us and let us know. And uh, we want to thank Rabbi Shrier Once again, Rabbi Shrier. thank you very, very much. God thank bless you. you, Rabbi. And uh, we will see you all. We shall all be zokheh. We shall all merit to see the B'ulash HaMavik the redemption. Would you come speedily in our days? Amen v'amir.